Listening to the Knicks Film School podcast, uh, we are uh, here on an off night tonight. I'm recording this on Tuesday, and I thought I'd take advantage of the the slow night and get someone on this podcast who I don't think it's it's too far to say that he has meant more to Knicks podcasting than anybody else on the scene. Um, and, yeah, I know. I, was that too strong? Did I go too far? You haven't gone nearly far enough. Okay, uh, let me. Am let I me watch the talk now, or are you? No, no. You have to. Strong? You have to stay silent. Okay. Um, okay. Let me try it again. I have the pleasure of of, of having with me tonight today um, someone that I think has done more for the media industry, um, probably this century, than yeah. any human being alive or dead. Um, and that, of or course, who will ever be born? I fuck. Okay, let me try it one more time. Okay, I have the pleasure, Knicks fans, of having as my guest tonight uh, someone who um, we should all have a shrine to in our homes, and there is no yes. reason that you need for that other than that I told you so, and that is James Marqueda uh, of Locked On Knicks. James, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm actually the real answer is that my body is completely breaking down. The stress of the move to uh, the California uh, to the Bay Area is weighing on me heavily. I actually came down with a horrible cold yesterday. Bad all the timing. meanwhile, I'm, I'm yeah, it was great timing. I'm back and forth uh, at the U-Haul place. I'm throwing everything in boxes. I'm very excited, but I'm a physical mess. My emotions are all over the place. I'm going to miss so many of my friends and family. It's a confusing time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, but, we have confusing times in our lives um, <laughs> from from time to time. Luckily, you have uh, a nation full of Knicks fans to lean on here and, and that spiritually true. have your back or what what existed of your back before you disappeared into the ether. Um as a result of this move. Is that where I am? Yeah. Yes, you are You are in the ether. So um, let's talk about this. So you, we were just talking before we came on um, to give the, the listeners a little bit of background. You've been the host of Locked on Knicks uh, for over a year now, since uh, summer of 2017. Yeah. And um, you are leaving that post. So I guess let's, let's start in the present. Um, when is the last episode? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. I had full intentions. I do want to say, I think people are going to be angry at me that I'm appearing on your show. I appeared on, uh, John, uh, Schmelk's podcast okay. for FAN this morning nice. as well. We're going to be like, where the hell is your podcast? It's, I'm not going to say it's not hard work to be a good guest because it is. And I might fail you tonight you're you're flying colors so far so it's okay, all good that's good but it's it's way less work than it is um you know hosting a show and keeping up with everything that's going on and being smart and actually knowing what you're talking about and with the move and i've been at my job this whole time i've literally had like not a minute to myself it's been a lot more draining than 
I thought it would be all of that than I thought it would be. All of that to say that I've barely podcasted at all. Fans of Lockdown Knicks will know this. I'm very sorry for that, but it's kind of been my only choice. And I want to do one like tomorrow or Thursday. Tomorrow okay. being Wednesday or Thursday. Um, if not, I'm definitely recording something. It might be like a little later than that, and then I force the new host to do it because I know them both and get along with them. And they will do it if I ask them. Listen, they're, they're, they're indebted to you, so um, I have uh, a, a little bit of inside information on that. I'm not going to say anything. Um, but I, I have a feeling neither of them will, will say no. Um, yeah, it hasn't been fully – it's been like kind of half announced in some places, but – not fully, and I'm so I can't give you that. Yeah, story. no, no, no. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to spoil that. Um, yeah. Is it? Well, I'm gonna do something. It just, it might not be this week, which bums me out. But between being like sick as hell, it's actually my sixth anniversary. Shouts to Kristen, I love you on uh, Thursday. So that also adds a time constraint to everything that's going on. So way lots to going. way to uh, check the important box right there. Right within the first couple minutes of the podcast. So if she's lis- if she listens to this, she's like, okay, I got what I came for, and now I could go. Not uh, my first rodeo, either podcast rodeo or relationship rodeo. So. <laughs> I'm sure Kristen's uh, thankful for that. Um, yeah. Uh, so do you? Is it? Well, one more question about the last show is: Are you gonna? Yeah. Are you gonna have a guest? Are you gonna? Is it gonna fly solo? What's it gonna be? So I want to sort of have – there's like three main components that I want to do. I want to in some way, you know, honor and shout out and respect and cherish and love uh, through the internet all of my guests who have been on. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Um, So much of what made the show good were the contributions for people who weren't me, even though obviously, you know, know, I, I provided the skeleton that we hung some meat on, but it wasn't all my meat. <laughs> no, you 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 provide some vital organs. It's not you you're oh, more sure. than just the bones. But it's know? it's it, it would it would suck if it was only me all the time. Um I think there's some things that you can do when it is just you that are interesting and different and in some ways sort of necessary. Um but it it if you're doing it 5 days a week it's ridiculous for it to be just you. Um so I want to some, do something with like everyone who has been involved with it. Um, on the air over the past year. I want to do something that is just like me probably, you know, writing something out and like reading something that's a little bit more polished. And then I want to do actually a mailbag. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. Yeah, a voice mailbag. So it's like because so much of what has made this experience great is just the fact that I've had such a big audience. And that's one of those cliched things that you hear, you know, athletes say all the time. But it really does make it so much more rewarding when more people are listening like yes we're pursuing our dreams and the more people listen like maybe we can like do this for a living someday you know i know you guys do your charity thing but you know what i'm saying like we all kind of want to it's part of the dream to you know maybe do this full time if anyone doing this is gonna get on there and be like oh no i have absolutely no desire to ever do this remotely for a living they are lying to you so right. let's just that's, put that out right there. Yeah, so that's nonsense. But, like, yeah, so, I mean, like, that's exciting. But it also really is so much better to get feedback from so many more people. And when I opened up the voicemail back to people and, like, one guy does a bit every time he comes on that, like, makes me laugh. People get creative with it. So and you see people are from all over the place. I, I just really love doing those. So those three elements of, like, the listeners, the guests, and then me, me just being an egomaniac and railing about something in an environment where no one can check me 
are uh, three things that, that I really want to do before uh, I sign off for good. Well, that's the thing is it's you're in a great spot. I mean, you have your and we'll we'll get to where you're we're going to in a little bit. Um, but you have your job lined up. Like you could pretty much do anything you want. Who's going to stop you? Um, nobody. So that's a nice little piece of freedom you have there. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the Knicks a little bit. I want to talk about some of your memories from the show a little bit. But I have to ask, because you kind of brought it up already, and I was planning to talk to you about it anyway. What, because my perception of like five days every week, like I, I've been yeah. doing, you know, for like a month and a half now, uh, three, sometimes four, four uh-huh. of these babies a night, and I'm already drained, and I've been doing it for a month and a half. You did five yeah. episodes a week for a friggin' year and a half like what is the toughest part about doing that it's the fact that you know um it (laughs) it's dark but it it does drain some of your love for the game on some level um because that's honest hey listen man that's honest like here's the thing you know basketball is great but when literally you know when you're doing it i didn't always do it five days a week that was the goal but you know more often than not it was it was four or five and you got to do it you know when uh you're sick you got to do it when there's nothing to talk about you got to do it when you have no time at work to prepare and then you're like when do i find time to do any of this you got to do it like when you just got in a fight (laughs) <laughs> with your amazing fiance who you love so much and you're like shit i have a guest right now that didn't happen a lot but like you know the, the things that everyone deals with as a human being especially like in the u.s in 2000 no uh, man listen 18, we were shouts to everyone around the world who has a horrible you know like it's it, life is difficult and so you're doing this when you don't really have any other time to do other things and that it's it is, it's draining you know but it's it's in, I did cut you off. I'm sorry. I want to let you speak. No, second. no. I was just going right. to say, I was when, when I was trying to figure out a time to do this tonight, I had to text my wife. I'm like, hey, I know you got to study for that final, and I, you wanted me to put the kid to bed tonight. So, you know, it's like, it's reality. It's life. Yeah, and it's, you know, um, you're going to have to do it sometimes where your significant other or your family or your friends or whoever is rightfully kind of annoyed with you that you can't do it. I mean, that being said, it's, it's like the ultimate... Um, what am I going to say? Uh, it's, it's dangerous because it really gives you that peak in like, this is, this is hard work, but it's really fun. Like when I'm actually doing the work, I always have a good time. Like if I'm watching the Knicks, if I'm reading about the Knicks, you know, if I'm talking about the Knicks with you or whoever else, not necessarily Drew Steele. You know, <laughs> recently, but like most, most people, you know, they're fantastic. And, other, um, than so Drew, like, other than Drew, other than Drew. So the act of it, you know, sometimes you're sick of it. And you're like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. But then it, once you're in, it's almost like exercising. It's and like once you put on the clothes, like you're glad you're doing it. I mean, if you're, you know, in a good rhythm anyway. If you're just starting out for the first time in a while, exercising is terrible. But like when you're in that flow and you're doing it every day, doing it is great. It just yeah, it's it's, it's stressful as hell. It, it's so much work. When you have a full time job, it's like it's crazy. Um, and at being a perfectionist, I don't know how you feel about this. Sometimes I'm just the 24 hour news cycle of it all can be a little frustrating because I feel like I could be a little bit better if I had a little bit more time to process things. Um, there's a lot of like instant reaction stuff, which is good. And people want to know what you think right off the bat and it helps them think through things. And it's exciting too. But a lot of times, like I wished if I didn't have to have a full time job, I could maybe like sleep on a game 
recap and record it that morning after and then like the thoughts kind of coalesce into more you know coherent like three main points sort of things and not just my like observation here observation there sort of vibe so i've had no i've had the same exact thought the funny thing the way i thought you were going with that is basically when you do one of these things or you know i was talking to jb about this actually last night um you you can't there's no off uh button that you have the luxury of pressing it's like i've been thinking about this recently because you know like frank nilakina has been dominating the discussion and if i wasn't doing this i probably about i don't know four or five days ago would have been like you know what I'm just going to go off social media and I'm not going to talk about Frankie's development yeah. at least through the weekend. Um, but it's, I mean, it's what we do. Yeah. I mean, and that's where um, it can pay to try to be as creative as possible. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes there's just like not that much to talk about. If it, if you're talking about where a certain player is, let's say, you know, yeah. cause you and I both, like, I know you don't like to jump to conclusions. So are you going to change your opinion after one game or whatever? You can react to it and say what you liked about it, but it's not like, oh, well, now Frank's here. Yes. You know, it, yeah. you, you still have to wait these, like, at minimum five, ten game chunks to, like, really have actionable knowledge. You know what I mean? So that can be – that's a challenge. Um, <laughs> Do you um, – so I'm I'm curious because you just brought up, like, the – do you think that that's a New York thing specifically, like, the fact that mm. – because the you know there's so much media and there's so much competition for listens, views, you know, yeah. clicks, what have you, that it's like, okay, you feel the same way as me in that reactions after a game or after a two game stretch are like, we're, like what are we doing here, folks? But at the same time, you know, do do you feel like it's you're pressured into saying something? Like, how did you handle that over the last year and a half? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's. On a certain sense, the same everywhere. The internet really is the great equalizer. Doing the show, there are fans from all over the place. There are, you know, as you know, French Knicks podcasts, and I'm sure. Shout out to them. <laughs> Big fans. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there are, uh, you know, uh, other versions too. Um, but I, it's, it's intensified in New York for sure. I mean, there, there, are, there are more people doing it than for, you know, some other markets. It's, uh, I, it can be a, a blessing and a curse to use. Let's use that cliche because uh, sometimes you're forced into being like, I don't really have a take, but it can also make you go down avenues that you wouldn't. I can say from this past couple weeks when I've kind of like not been able to take in as much uh, just media about the Knicks, look at as many numbers, watch as many uh, of the games. Um, it's uh, you quickly kind of like lose that real good in-depth knowledge and you're not uh, seeking and expanding your knowledge as much like i feel like i've as as much as i you know thought i knew a lot about basketball before i started doing this i've learned a lot doing this show um How could I've you, gotten, not? Yeah. I mean, you know you sense. have to you need to like i'm not someone who's naturally inclined to dive deep into stats you know i grew up like i loved watching the games with my brother shouts to joe <laughs> check it off some more uh, family members. We'll uh, get them all. And, we'll get them all. Yeah, and uh, you know, playing the game. Like I, I loved it for the game and the fun around it. Not necessarily analyzing who was good and bad, other than you know, I think this guy's good or I think this guy's bad. When you're leading this discussion, you don't want to be someone who doesn't have knowledge, uh, just for your own self. You know, you want to like look smart, uh, but it's also sort of like 
you have to sort of <laughs> I'm like going to get like presidential. You have to respect the position. Um, and that's sort of ridiculous. <laughs> it's uh, not ridiculous though. But it's but there are a ton of people who would kill to be in your position to be the host of Locked On Knicks. And it's um it's like offensive to them if you're not doing the best job possible. You no, know, and gotta... I I don't I I'm sure you know we're on the same page. We don't want anybody to think that like either of us have a complaint in the world because God knows I wouldn't trade this for anything. But I I think it's interesting that you're talking about like, and I've realized that really this season your ability to just kind of sit there and watch the same way that you used to watch is it kind of changes right. It's so different. I mean, it and it's interesting because I've watched a couple games now as pre-locked on Knicks James after, you know, uh, stopping doing the show every day. And it's completely different because I'm not pausing every couple seconds. You know, that's maybe a little bit uh, intense. But, no, you know, no, I'm pausing constantly. I'm like, wait, did that really happen? If I'm going to say this on air, I need to rewind that and watch it maybe two or three times and figure out who actually missed that assignment, if I can, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, so it's – and that does take some of the fun out of it. It's a little bit annoying. But then you also do know the game a lot better. Like and you know what happened a lot better. You're more sure in what you're saying. You're learning more about the players when you watch the game that way. Um, but it is very different. And you're kind of like – as soon as the thing starts, it's like you're playing Madden or something. You're trying to like read the line of scrimmage and like where is everyone on this break and – you know, it's like, you know, you're watching a million different things. So trying to dissect it as you're watching it in a way that it's it's you're way more passive when you're not hosting a daily. <laughs> show no, I, I, I so I want to actually I want to go two directions with that. Yeah. First one is put yourself in the position of, OK, it's um, I don't know, a few months from now. It's towards the end of the next season. You are busy in the new job you um, have an off night and you could catch maybe a West Coast game, they're playing whoever, you flip on the TV or you go into a bar, you're watching the game. What's the, the visceral fan in you? What are you? What do you think you're going to be most excited about for that next game, this hypothetical next game several months from now? Not from an analyst point of view, but just like the fan. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Chris Stapps come back. I mean, maybe that's an no, easy answer. That's I think that's a perfectly valid answer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just like to me, he is still the alpha and omega of everything uh, of the Knicks fortunes for the next you know five to ten years. Are people no one, are people forgetting that? I think a little bit, and I think it's, it's somewhat justified because we're all like doing this thing every day and talking about it. But I, I think they are. I mean, he he's it. It, you know, like they're in a way different position if he is not the same after this injury. And I've said this many times, and I just want to say this right up front that what he looks like this season is not at all what we should be like. Oh yeah, this is what he is. I mean, if he looks great, then great. But it's <laughs> like good, then, good yeah, caveat he, that he is a superstar. But it's more than likely he's going to be rusty. People are rusty when they miss a couple games. You know, he's coming off this huge injury. He hasn't played in a year or whatever it's going to be. You know, so it, it's it, that that's all going to be fine. But yeah, I'm really going to be looking forward for that. Forward to that. Um, and just like the guys who I see as the blue chippers, um, who you do know. you see at this point? Who okay? So uh, the James uh, Marquette hypothetical uh, blue <laughs> blue chippers. Who are they? Yeah, I mean, if Frank is still it for me, uh, Knox is it for me. Bless Mitchell your Rob, soul. 
I, huh? I, I said, bless your soul. I, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm dying on the hill. I I, I at this point I, I'm starting to bleed already, and I, I you know mm. there's like some kind of bacterial infection sneaking up my leg. I don't care. I'm stay. I'm dying on the Frank Hill. Uh, yeah. I don't care how long it takes. I mean, I think he's going to be great. I'm not. You know, these DMPs. It's fun to get angry over them. Yeah. But it, let's be let's be honest. They're not just. I would be shocked if this is a thing now where he just is getting DNP'd all year. He's been doing it with these other guys. I mean, I'm a little bit annoyed that he's doing it with Frank. I don't I don't necessarily think that's the best way to get to Frank, but I'm not there, and I don't know what's happening, and I don't think at all that it's like some thing where he's pissed at him and he's now in the doghouse forever. He's doing his fizz. I'm a motivator. I'm a teacher. We're developing these guys. Like, he's doing his fizz thing. That, that's all it is. He has a thing. He has a he thing. Has a thing. And, and, like, obviously, yes, like, Frank hasn't, you know, made it impossible to take him off the court, so he's allowed to do this. But I have full faith in Frank. Okay. Complete. Um, so I, I cut you off. So Frank, Mitch, Knox, that's that's pretty much the list. Anybody else on there? That's it. I mean, Trier's nice. I'm not counting on him, though. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, nice like, nice player. You know. That's he might develop him. into an awesome offensive player in, like, maybe adequate on defense. I don't think, you know, I think when teams start paying attention to him, he he has real trouble driving sometimes. I feel like when teams put their mind to it, he's not as quick of a first step kind of guy as he seems when he's at his best. I mean, he was like you know, these guys, these NBA guys, they're in their own world. It's an intense job. They're not like thinking about Alonzo Trier. Then the Knicks come in and like, who's this dude? Whatever. He sucks. Oh, he had a good night the other night. Cool. Like he wasn't drafted. I don't give a shit. You know. And then if he really does start putting it on people where they got to pay attention to him. Could he succeed? Sure. But I'm not like, he, he has not done enough, nearly enough for me to be like, yeah, he's one of these guys that I'm counting on. And also, like, if he becomes really good, to me, that's just a, a great bonus. You don't have to hit on someone who's not drafted. Obviously, it's a lot more detrimental if they don't hit on Frank. So not only do I believe in him and Knox, but they're just much more important to their future by virtue of where they were drafted. So... You know, and that's also why, like, I'm not as worried about Mitchell Robinson. I think he's got great potential, but he was a second round draft pick. He, they don't have to hit that. If they hit that, you know, and Knox winds up being great, then they've set up their, you know, organization to have like tremendous success if if uh, if uh, KP comes back fully healthy. But it's not like these things that if they if they don't fully hit on are going to screw them. So, uh, well said. Um, I I just had a thought, and it relates to the other question I was going to ask you. So you brought up Trier's first step. I've noticed the same thing. It's like people think that he uh, he's just kind of getting the basket at will. It's it hasn't quite been that way. I mean, he has that ability, but um, yeah. So what, what I'm it's kind of the opposite of of what I asked you before. So now I want you to put your your analyst, you know, pausing <laughs> games, rewatching stuff three times, hat on one more time. In your last year and plus doing this, what do you think is the biggest misconception between people who kind of watch the game casually and people who really know, you know, what they're looking for with this yeah. team? <laughs> the first thing that jumped to mind was just my pure, unadulterated hatred of Ennis Cantor, the basketball player. God, I was hoping um... you'd give me some kind of surprise. I mean, okay. <laughs> No, but I can't. I'm just being honest. No, that's, that's not good. really. That's not. I mean, that's just me, like being a jerk. But uh, you know, 
What do I think? Um, I mean, that's a perfectly fine answer. It's it's the, it's the correct answer. I don't know that I know so much. I, I do think that people do have trouble um, identifying who's a good defender. Um, and that's difficult to watch in real time. It's hard to know like who missed assignments sometimes. You just see John Wall standing wide open in the corner. And if you're not rewatching it, you're like, well, why did that happen? You don't really know necessarily. True. You know, there's lots of there's ten guys running around, the ball's flying around, there's people in the stands, coaches yelling, whatever. You know, you're eating chips. Like it's it's hard to see exactly what's happening. Um so I, I think that's part of it. I think uh defense gets lost. And I do think that um a surprising amount of people don't quite um if you're not paying close attention to a lot of statistical things, it's easy to like mix them up. And I'll say things that seem pretty straightforward to me and people don't get that it's like a rate stat for instance and they'll be like well this guy plays way more and i'm like well no but it's you know it's the rebound rate so it's you know how many per available opportunities that you know that like that kind of thing so but i I, you know i i know a lot about basketball there are a lot of people know a lot about me so or who know a lot more than me so i don't know that there's like so much that i'm like haha i know that was a good question it got me thinking well, good. See, that's what we that's what we aim to do here on the next film school podcast is, is really get the the uh, the gears churning up in the old noggin there. Um, I like I, walking people through the thought process. Like, I don't I don't always have that answer right off the bat, but it's fun to kind of talk it out. Yeah, no, I, I I enjoy that too. It's actually those have been my favorite moments so far um, on the pod. Uh, I want to fast forward uh, one more time, one more Nick's question, and then we'll get back to you, and then we will get you out of here. Um, it is July, uh, I don't know, let's make it July 6th, 2019. Um, Kevin Durant uh, has decided to re-up for one final year uh, to be Draymond Green's uh, ball boy in Golden State. He wants to, he wants to play in his shiny new arena. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi Leonard has departed for sunnier pastures in L.A. And... Um, Clay Thompson has predictably re-upped with the Golden State Warriors. You are the New York Knicks. Uh, what do you want them to do? I shouldn't say you are the New York Knicks. What do, you, as a fan, what do you want them to do with their oodles of cap space in that scenario? I want them to not only like punt on getting a free agent, but I want them to like corner coffin, punt it <laughs> on like the half yard line out of bounds and put themselves in the best position for the next season. Cause to me, um, that money should be reserved for your best chance at the guy who is like Chris Stapps peer or maybe even better than him. Right. So, um, I, I want someone who I fully believe in the one, someone who kind of makes me like think about that is like a Kemba Walker, but it, my gut is like, he's just not the guy that you spend all that money on. Like I, you, I would agree with that. You, you have a once in a lifetime opportunity to maximize KP's window. Like, again, like, it's all about that. And maybe you have two opportunities with him, to be fair, because, like, he's so young. Like, maybe you sign one guy for four years and then you get another superstar four years later or whatever. But whoever you sign that max on, you know, the next guy you sign is not going to be anywhere near that dude's ability, um, from what I understand of the cap. If someone wants to yell at me because I have that wrong. That's, no, that's I, I don't think but, you do. Yeah, so, you know, I want that guy to be someone who I'm like, yes, like, hell yes, that's the guy. And there's no need to rush into it, honestly. Like, if KP is back and he's KP, they'll be a playoff team. They'll have these guys who are growing. They'll get better. Maybe they'll surprise someone like Boston did last year with, 
you know, Kyrie and Hayward out and all their young guys stepped up. Like, you never know. You know, Denver is the top team in the West right now. Like, it's like this shit happens every year. and People can't see how the standings will be different from the year before. And by and large, a lot of stuff stays the same. But there's always surprises. The Knicks are trending in the right direction. I just think it's really stupid to sign someone to a max deal who's not that, like, KD, Kawhi-level guy. And I say this all the time because I think that not a lot of people agree with me. So <laughs> I feel the need to constantly put it out there. But I do think even if you don't know that some top-tier guy like that is available this year, just wait a year and that'll change, even if it's not a free agent. Like, these guys are pushing themselves to new teams all the time. And it's not even necessarily in the last year of their contract anymore. Like, if you get your situation right, like, you can have your pick. Like, New York is a, a, an attraction. People laugh at that who are outside of New York City but it is an attraction, and if the basketball situation isn't a complete joke, which it has been, at that point it's not worth it to be a Knicks, so people haven't come. But now that it's looking like that might be changing, it's going to make a difference. Like, it definitely is. Um, I feel super strongly about that. So, you know, there's a long way from here till there, but if they do smart things like not jumping at the first max guy they can get just because they can get him, like Amare style, you know, like it's it's going to do wonders for them, and th- that's what I want to see them do. I I think you kind of just answered this question, but uh, last next question, and then some quick hitters, and we'll, we'll get you out of here. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel good about where this team is at and where they're going? Yeah, yeah, I feel great. the The only thing that you know concerns me even a little bit, and it's not really a big concern. Um, I'm still kind of waiting to see what I think about Fizz, the coach. You know, uh, in terms of that's fair. That's fair. His, yeah, just like his X's and O's and his game management of lineups and stuff. He said, you know, these aren't the real lineups. Um, I'm not convinced. People always say coaches don't tank. I don't know what's going You know, like, and I'm not even trying to be a jerk about it. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Do we know? Do we really know that? Because, like, no coach is ever going to say I tank. Like, of course. Like, that's what they say. But, like, the, the world is filled with people doing one thing and saying another. It's the, it's the foundation of all politics. There's lots of people in lots of powerful positions, and Coach of the New York Knicks is one of them, who don't say what they're doing or what they mean. So, like, whatever. But that being said, I, I don't know if he's tanking officially, but, like, I don't know exactly how he's going to do with lineups. I don't know exactly how he's going to do with X's and O's. So, like, is he the guy who's going to be able to bring them to a championship? That, to me, I'm very interested in seeing. I'm not convinced that he is just yet, although it's a huge positive the relationships that he's building with these guys, especially in the wake of Hornacek and that, how disastrous that was. So, like, I, I'm happy overall. I'm just, you know, I have a healthy dose of skepticism. But other than that, like, I feel great. You know, I'm worried about KP, but so many other teams that are, you know, where the Knicks are in their rebuilding process in terms of just how many wins they're able to put on the court are, I think, in a lot worse position than they are for once. And, I, I you know, they have all their first-round picks. I've seen so many bad... Uh, Knicks teams with no hope at all. There's so much hope here. You can poke holes in everything if you want. You know, life's very tenuous. So is your position atop the world's best basketball league. Uh, and everything could change in, in a blink of an eye. But the Knicks have so many reasons for hope. And I think it's like a good time to be a Knicks fan. My favorite thing about everything you just said is that you managed to kick some more dirt on Hornacek's grave on your way out the door. <laughs> I can't stop. No, listen, there's there can't be too much dirt um, in, in <laughs> filling up that hole. I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff, wherever you are. You seem like a lovely man. but I wanted to like the guy. No, he doesn't. Don't lie. 
<laughs> I wanted to like him too. He's, you know, he, he, see, actually, no, he wasn't even very likable, was he? No, he wasn't at all. I'm sure no. he's a great family man or whatever. There you go. That's six coach. Yeah, there we go. That's what I was looking for. Loves his country. All that good stuff. Okay, um, couple quick hitters. If if you don't know the answer, don't don't you know make something up. But if you know the answer, then say it. Is this um, like a, am I being is this like Jeopardy? Do I want to do well or what's going on? Is this, are these opinions? Uh, no, this is Final Jeopardy, and you'll get shocked uh, if you get the answer wrong. Uh, no, they're com- about- completely opinions. Okay, um, okay. Who is your favorite guest that you have had on? Well, other than you, of course, obviously. naturally. Ooh, man, I'll tell you. Um, hmm. Well, you know, shouts to Alex Wolf. Shouts to Ashwin Ramnath. Shouts to, you know, Drew Steele. Shouts to, you know, Matt Miranda. Shouts to John Shulman. Shouts to Janiqua and all the posting and toasting guys I had on like a billion times. Like they were, you know, super instrumental. Um, Frank Neil Aquino was terrifying. Uh, that was, was the show first... that I shared with him. I remember I came. Oh, were on... you on the Frank show? Well, Holy no, shit. I wasn't. I wasn't on with you with him, but the, I was the other half of that episode. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man, yeah, because they only gave me like ten minutes. That was a trip. Uh, but the like the randomest thing that I think might have only been enjoyable to me. I don't know. It didn't seem like a lot of our audiences overlapped. But there's this. Um, uh, Tom Sharpling is host of the best show, and it's a, it's a really funny podcast that's not about sports. Sure, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Do you know best show? Oh, okay, cool. Um, so he's a Knicks fan, and I I was able to get him on the show. Awesome. Uh, and the best show is like one of my favorite podcasts. It's a, such a great podcast. If you like my sense of humor at all, it's not like the same thing, but it's in the same universe. He's a f- very funny curmudgeon, and he has a funny like uh, comedy partner who calls up and does like fake. Uh, calls from a bunch of different people. But anyway, um, I had him on the show, and that was kind of an unexpected treat. It was really fun to talk about the Knicks and Billy Joel and a bunch of <laughs> random bullshit like that with him. Cool. Um, yeah. So similar question. I'm not going to ask you to name your least favorite guest, but is <laughs> if I was to ask you that question, is there a person that pops into your mind, or is there not one person? <laughs> um, well, uh, there's not necessarily one person. There are... I will say this. Most people, um, almost everyone, if there was someone I had a doubt about, um, basically everyone pleasantly surprised me. Okay. Uh, yeah, but people are, you know, there, there was one or two that were kind of rocky, and some people I don't, like, jive with. This. Yeah. There's a couple who I haven't been on the same wavelength with, but I think everyone gave me their best effort. So. Okay. Um, do you, you may have already answered this, but is there a single moment from hosting the show that stands out to you as maybe one you'll you'll always remember something that was either funny or like insightful or anything along those lines yeah um there i think there are like two things that stand out one was the uh post chris Tapp's injury pod um i wasn't really sure how to uh, tackle it and then i just decided to be ridiculous and i mashed together all these sounds it was like uh, the doors, the end was playing while there was just, like two minutes of fart noises and like crying and screaming and stuff. Um, and uh, a lot of people good. were like, that really helped me. I was really mad. And then I listened to that and it sort of like put things in perspective. So that made me feel good. Um, and then when uh, Frank stood up to LeBron, I was actually uh, 
people who listen to Locked On Knicks a lot will know that I had to travel for work like way more than I ever did as soon as I got the job. It was <laughs> a real pain in the ass. I was constantly on the road trying to like do the show. And I was in the UK and it was, you know, they're five hours ahead of time depending on uh, daylight savings. But I think it was five hours ahead. So I that game I started watching at like 11.30 or 12 whenever it started in the UK. And I was so hyped up by Frank versus LeBron that I stayed up to like, 3.30 in the morning watching it, and it looked like Knicks were maybe going to win, and they ultimately lost. Oh, I, I remember it well. <laughs> but it was, yeah, but it was um, it was so exciting. Um, and, you know, uh, I actually have a, I have a fond memory of Ennis Cantor getting LeBron's face after that, so shouts to him okay. for rushing to defend his teammate. But, yeah, mostly just seeing uh, the, the, like, kind of spark that the team played with and staying up to, like, 3 in the morning and kind of loving every minute of it, even though the next day was like a disaster um that was a really fun moment there's a lot but those are the two that kind of jump out okay um and uh finally um Mm -hmm. i was hoping that you could kind of give us a little glimpse into what is next for you what's what's the next chapter i know you're going to, to 2k right yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna be a writer for NBA 2K. So I'm what does actually... that what does that mean? Yeah, a lot of people were like, "Oh, are you coding or whatever?" And no, it's like it's it's writing stories basically. Um, so they've actually never uh, they haven't had a full time writer before. I'm gonna be like their first like full time like writer. They they do a lot of um, you know they've done like a lot of freelance stuff, contract work, that kind of stuff for different. But I'm gonna be heavily involved in the uh, story modes you know there's there's my career which you're coming up as a player and then there's my gm where you're running the franchise but you can play those modes like through a story through characters talking to each other and you get to choose what you get to say in response to them and the story can branch a little bit depending on what you say um so that's going to be a real big part of my job um it's this i don't want to like I'm like, I don't know. Like, I signed a bunch of papers. I'm like, how much can I actually say? Um, <laughs> well, I don't want you to get fired before you, uh, no, no, before no, you take fine. the job. It's fine. Um, some Who, of the a lot of story stuff for this next game is like already in the can because they have to work on stuff in advance. So you'll see a lot of what I'm doing, actually. I mean, a lot of it will show up in 2K20, but like a lot of it will show up in like 21, you know, assuming they don't fire me. <laughs> so it's having a big hand in that story stuff and then just. Really kind of seeing if there's anywhere I can help with how the game communicates um, with its players, whether that's menu systems, how things are described as you're like going through different modes, you know, anywhere there's like text I could, I could take a look at and see if there's a way that we can maybe improve it. I mean, I, I, I'm not just saying this because I work there and I, I think it's a great game, but it just definitely doesn't need like me to come in and overhaul or anything. But they, you know, as the writer on staff, they want me to take a look at all that stuff and see what I can do too, so... Listen, um, I I heard about you know you leaving the show to take this, and I'm like that. My first thought was like that dude is going to be successful. I I was like I don't know what being a writer for 2K entails. I don't know <laughs> if it's a a real thing or not, but whatever <laughs> whatever it is, um, uh, I know that that James is going to be successful because I mean. You know, and look, I don't, I don't mean to make it sound like you were talking about before. I don't make it, want to make it sound like this wasn't an absolute pleasure for you over the last, you know, year and a half. Because I know, obviously, it was, it was great, and you wouldn't have traded it for anything. But you have put in the work, and that is anybody who has followed you, anybody who's listened to you, anybody who's had anything to do with you. 
I think if there's one thing above all else that has become just blatantly obvious, it's that you are the hardest working man in showbiz. So, um, wow, thanks, man. No, it's it's the truth. And uh, I, on behalf of of Knicks fans everywhere, I, I just um, I want to thank you for all of that work that you put in. And um, most of all, I just you know want to wish you the best of luck. And I hope this. This move is like not going to kill you before you get out there. Are you? I the most obvious question I haven't even asked you. Are you? You're driving out, I guess. Or are you flying and getting your stuff that's, shipped? That's all part of it, man. I might start breakdown and crying if I get into it. I'm actually I'm I'm flying out there this um this Friday, um and then I'm flying back to New York. Meanwhile, my amazing, wonderful, beautiful, talented, smart, funny. Fiance, Kristen, shouts to you again, is staying home with our cat and dog until um, I'm actually flying back on Christmas morning. And then on the 26th, we are driving across the country with both a dog and a cat in our car. Uh, and before you're like, oh, well, that's not so bad. Dog hates being in a car. He's Ugh. going to puke the whole time. <laughs> Have you driven cross country before? I have not, so it's this real like I'm so excited. I've always really want to do it, dude. I did it. I did it before law school, and it was, it's one of the two or three most like fun experiences I've ever had in my life. It's so cool. You're gonna have a great time. Oh, that sounds yeah. I'm really stressed out about the animals, but I'm also really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be so fun. yeah, that's that's what's going on. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck, um, and with you know you. Kristen, the dog, the cat, the whole, the whole thing. Um, and yeah, no, we listen. We'll we'll miss you. It's it's. Uh, I again, not not. I know that the new hosts are, are going to do a wonderful job, but um, they are they are not going to be you. So um, kudos well, to I, you, man. You and you and JB are like the nicest guys in the maybe the universe, but certainly the Knicks universe. So you <laughs> you belong together. Oh, it's, I, and you guys are doing amazing. You guys are doing amazing things. Um, it's really awesome seeing the work that you guys are putting in. Um, you're putting out great stuff. So uh, I don't know if it's my place to say like I'm proud of you. That's like a weird thing to say. Hey, listen, I'll take pride. Yeah, I, yeah I'll, I'm proud of you. Sure, <laughs> you're doing a great job. Why so, not? Yeah, keep it up. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time tonight. Um, everybody, make sure you, uh, whenever the last episode does come out of Locked On Knicks uh, with James, uh, give it a listen. And uh, to everybody, thank you, of course, for listening to another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We will have another one uh, out, I believe, tomorrow. So make sure you check for that. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you later. <laughs>